Hi, I'm Sam Fesich from the EduMagic Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Kathy. Today's author, psychologist, award-winning ventriloquist, and founding director of Campaign for a Commercial-Free Childhood from 2000 to 2015, Dr. Susan Lin will join Lindsay to talk about how teachers and parents can support students' emotional health during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi, uh, I'm Susan Lin. I am um, a psychologist um, and I began life as a ventriloquist. So I was a ventriloquist and children's entertainer uh, before I became a psychologist. I worked with Fred Rogers on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and did performances all over the world, actually, and also um, did play therapy with puppets um, at Boston Children's Hospital and also the Children's AIDS program. And um, I'm also um, an advocate for young children. I founded the Campaign for Commercial Free Childhood, which um, takes on the biggest corporations in the world about how they're exploiting children through advertising and marketing. Wow, that's, I'm so impressed that I get to be talking to you today. You're so good. That was the first thing I thought when I watched your video was, wow, she's really good. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's uh, talk about um, Audrey the Duck and the video that you've made for children. And maybe tell us a little bit about that video that you've made for kids and where they can find it. So um, I... Um, I worked on the video. I did it for this wonderful organization called Defending the Early Years, which you know works to um, help help teachers and policymakers and parents um, provide quality early child educate early childhood education for all children, and um, and we were all concerned and are still concerned about the emotional health and well-being of young children during the COVID-19 crisis. And I should say the extended <laughs> yeah. crisis. And, um, you know, so much of what's out there for parents is focused on academic achievement and school. And that's certainly important, but um, there's not a lot out there that really speaks to the emotional health and well-being of young children during this crisis. And so um, I, I have a lot of experience doing videos to serve as a springboard for discussion between parents and children about difficult issues. And so um, we made the video where um, Aud my puppet, Audrey Duck, you know, is sort of a child symbol 
and she has all sorts of worries concerns about what's happening and I'm there as a caring adult to try to help her sort through um, not just sort of the facts of what's happening but also to help her sort through her feelings and um, and help her cope with what's going on mm -hmm. and um, parents um, and teachers anybody can find the video on YouTube you guys just go to YouTube and um, Google Audrey Duck, it'll turn up, or go to the um, Defending the Early Years website, which is um, dey.org, and, um, and um, you can find it there in addition to um, a wonderful guide for parents and, and teachers of young children about how to help kids cope with what's going on. I love that. And we will uh, embed the video into the, our website with the podcast so people can find it. And I'll put oh, a link so in the great. description yeah. so they can find it really easily. Yeah. And the other thing that I've been doing that has been an, an incredibly, oddly enough, joyful experience is um, doing um, chats with kids on Skype, children between the ages of three and eight. Mm -hmm. um, all over the country, in fact, in some other countries as well, I've gotten some requests. And, um, and that's been really fun. I mean, some of the kids have seen the video, and so sometimes we do talk about the virus, but a lot of it is just pure, wonderful silliness, which is something I think that, that children really desperately need. So um, parents can sign up for these chats they're free and they they can sign up by me emailing my puppet audrey duck it's audrey d duck at gmail.com she'd want me to tell you that the d stands for darling <laughs> oh, that's so cute and i just i think the thing i was impressed with watching your video with audrey duck talking about the virus was just how the questions you had Audrey Deck asked were just the questions that I could imagine kids dealing with things that like can I still hug you you know can can I still be with you why that's a question I could see a kid being worried about well I'm not supposed to touch people but can I still hug you and and when I heard that question I thought oh man she gets it <laughs> she really gets it yes and, it it was wonderful to work on with DEY on, on this project because, you know, we all have um, a similar um, concerns about, about young children and we're all, you know, very, you know, um, immersed in, in child development. And so, I mean, it, the ch young children, you know, as you know, they're, they're very, you know, concrete and, and, and there are a lot of things that are just really confusing for them. And that's one of them. Well, I don't understand. I have to keep distant from people, but what about you? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I, yeah, I'm really glad that we could do that and address, you know, that issue. And some of the others, I mean, I, I think, you know, like for, for young children, it's the, the disruption in their normal lives mm -hmm. that's really confusing and can be stressful. Why can't I see my friends? Mm -hmm. You know, why can't I go to school? And why can't you play with me all the time if I have to be home? Yeah. It's hard for kids to understand that parents need to work. 
Yeah, I liked that you addressed that too, because I think that's something, well, I'm coming from the perspective of a teacher, but also of a mom who's trying to help my own kids through this. And I know that we've had, my kids academically are doing okay, but there's been days when they just cry. They just cry because Uh they miss their friends. They miss their grandparents who live in another state. They've had to have birthdays without birthday parties or even being able to see their friends. And it's, it's hard. I think that's been the hardest thing for them is it's emotionally challenging. So I'm so glad you're addressing it. Yeah. I mean, your, your kids are lucky to have you. I mean, they're lucky, (laughs) you know, to have somebody who, who understands what they're going through. And one of the things that I, I think that, it's sometimes hard for adults to understand is that young children have very powerful feelings. They don't have the same cognitive resources that we have. You know, they, mm-hmm. they can't, their brains aren't, you know, aren't fully developed. They don't have the same reasoning powers, but they have the same very strong feelings. And so, you know, anger, fear, loneliness, grief, including, you know, joy and, and love and compassion, all of that. Um, They, you know, they, they have, but sometimes we forget that children have feelings and, um, and, and sometimes we conveniently forget they have feelings because what they're feeling is hard for us. You know, we don't want our children to be sad. We don't want them to be upset by this but it's perfectly understandable that they are Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm wondering you know as teachers we're trying to still support our kids academically and be there for them um what do you think we can do distance learning wise as teachers to be there as an emotional support too for our kids and, and, and that's so hard because, you know, you're also dealing with this in your own lives. Right. I, I think that um, one thing um, that teachers, you know, can do is, is be a support to parents. You know, and, and, um, and help, help parents... Um, with the fact that that this is really, really hard, mm-hmm. you know, for parents who are working at home, for parents who are out of jobs or worried about money, mm-hmm. to have that and then cope with a young child who doesn't understand, you know, exactly what's going on, but is sensitive to our moods and everything. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly challenging. So I think that one thing that 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 you know teachers of young children can do is try to be supportive of parents and possibly, you know, even be available to them, you know, for, if, if it's possible for help with what's going on with their children. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's one thing. And um, also I think that helping parents with, with activities um, and ideas for things to do that kids can do at home that are um, not, nece- not, not necessarily screen-based, mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, you know, we all have to get through this, the, you know, the way, you know, the best way that we can. And, and um, I'm somebody who, you know, has, you know, been, you know, pretty critical of, of the extent to which the tech companies are exploiting young children. I worry about the amount of time that children spend on screens. But in, in this particular instance, I think we have to let that go for mm -hmm. now because you know really we're all just trying to do the best we can mm -hmm. but i think that it it is also helpful for teachers to help parents of young children to find activities that kids can do that are engaging and fun and that can occupy them um so that they they can you know play by themselves as well as with their parents yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I was thinking about the what I'm doing for my class as well as what I'm doing for my own kids. And I just, there was a day this week where all of my kids had assignments they needed to do. But in the morning, they all woke up and they all went straight out into the backyard because it was a nice day. And my oldest started making up this game of pretend. And they were playing for at least an hour outside all three of them together all nicely which was a miracle that doesn't happen <laughs> wow. I, just, children. I have well I have an 11 year old and an eight year old and a six year old oh wow and usually they end up fighting but it was just a blissful hour of playing together and I Wonderful. thought I sh you know they still have these assignments they're responsible for, but why, why would I go out and put an end to this? This is beautiful. Let's keep it going. And yeah. And then also I keep trying to think of ways to send my own class things they can do like that. Um, now, how old are the children that you teach? I teach kindergartners. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I've tried to send out challenges for them. Like, can you build a Lego or... Can you play this game with cards or can right. you paint, can you draw a picture? But it's tricky. It's tricky to try to think of things that are right. They can do independently. It's just tricky. It's a tricky it thing we're doing right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, and I, I think of um, that, that one thing that we tend to also forget about young children is that they learn naturally through play mm -hmm. and that you know if if you play you know water sand mud mm -hmm. i mean those are so engaging for children and they can play with them for a really long time and while they're doing that you know it's it is science even if we're not explicit about it but they're learning about the properties of all these materials and about gravity and Mm -hmm. you know what 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 floats and what doesn't flow you know and and things like that so i i think that um you know to to the extent that um we can support children in, in what what neurotypical kids anyway do naturally i think that that would that's really really helpful and, and, you know, for you, you know, not to feel guilty that your kids were outside in nature playing, mm -hmm. you know, instead of doing whatever assignments they have. Um, I think that's really wonderful. And it's wonderful that you let them 
do that. Yeah. Well, I think something I keep having to remind myself is just to let things go. <laughs> right. you know, I think right. we all have a lot of pressure on us that we have to get through this on the other end. Okay. And so we feel pressure to make sure A, B, C, D, and E happen right on the way there. But I keep having to remind myself, we'll get there one way or another. We'll come on right. this and we don't need to put pressure, so much pressure on ourselves to do this in a certain way. I right. <laughs> and, and also that, you know, you're, you know, for, for parents and for teachers, I mean, really for everybody, you're not perfect, mm -hmm. you know, and some days are harder than other days. And I think, you know, what's important is, you know, if you can know yourself well enough to know when you're stressed mm -hmm. and and you know and then you know try to cope with with that stress in ways that you know are helpful to you but also i think it's important to let your parent your children know you know i mean i'm i'm i i don't i'm my daughter is all grown up so i'm not home with the young child but I have been imagining, you know, what it's like and what it would be like for me to try to get work done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure I would snap at her at times. Mm -hmm. You know, I wish I wouldn't, but it, but I, I, I bet I would have. And it's important, you know, to explain to children, you know, I'm sorry I snapped, you know, you know, this is hard for me. I, you know, I need to get this done. You know, and, and, and so that, that you're all sort of used to, you know, talking about feelings and acknowledging what's going on. And I think that that's helpful to children. Yeah. And, and kind of along the lines of what we've been talking about, but something I've been thinking about a lot is my grandpa was actually six years old during the 1918 flu pandemic. Oh, my gosh. So he was a little kid, just like I have little kids now. And I think about what a resilient man my grandpa grew up to be. I mean, he, had, he lived through a lot of hard things and he had this growth mindset of, I can get through this. And, and I think a lot about my kids now who are little kids during this new pandemic. And I think the thing I want them to come away with is that same resilience that my grandpa had. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you have any suggestions on how to help kids come through the other side of this with resiliency. I, I think that um, one, of the, one of the things is to, you know, be able to um, reassure them that, you know, we're going to get through this. It's going to take a long time, but we will get through this to acknowledge that it's difficult, um, to find ways to, um, to acknowledge and point out the ways that they are coping positively, and, and to, um, to make sure that they have um, tasks and things that they, that to do that they can do. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so that they feel competent. I mean, co you know, a sense of competency is really, really 
um, important for our, our sense of well-being and also for resilience. Mm -hmm. and, and the other thing is um, to encourage them to talk to you about whatever it is that's, that may be troubling them. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, one of, you know, I think that, um, you know, studies on resilience, even for kids who come from, from pretty difficult uh, backgrounds, is if they have an adult, some adult that, who is there for them, then, then that really contributes mm -hmm. to their resilience. And um, I think that that's really, really important. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I love that there are things we can do because I, you said feeling like you're in control and you can cope makes you feel better. It makes me feel better as an adult too. <laughs> no, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it does. I mean, helplessness. I mean, I think sort of like rules of thumb are that, that helplessness is, um, a feeling helpless is bad for your mental health. Mm -hmm. And and also um, have like knowing that something is happening and having the people around you deny that it's happening is also really bad for mental health. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, pretending that everything is all hunky dory when it really isn't um, can be a problem for kids because they, they pick up on our feelings and, and our stress, even if we think that we're masking it, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, so I think, you know, this is tough, but, you know, we're going to do it. We, you know, we have resources there. Are, and also, um, I know I talk about this in the video, but that there are people all around the world who are working to keep you safe and to make this better. And I, I think that that's important for kids to know as well. You know, they're not alone. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think, do you have any other thoughts of things that parents or teachers should know? Um, <laughs> that as, as hard as this is, you know, for their children, it's also how hard for them mm -hmm. and they need to go easy on themselves. You know, everybody's just trying to do the best they can in a really, um, terrible and impossible seeming situation. We're all doing the best that we can. And, um, and there are going to be some days that are better than other days. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, you're making me feel better. Thanks for oh, talking to me so I can feel better. <laughs> oh, good. I'm really glad. <laughs> well, tell us, um, tell us the email again that people can use to email Audrey the Duck. Okay, it's AudreyDDuck at gmail.com. And um, these are 15-minute uh, chats with kids about whatever the kids want to talk about. And we talk about all sorts of um, occasionally serious, but often just sort of very silly and very fun things. Yeah. And I love that you're providing kids an opportunity to play. I, I think that's beautiful. They need to, um, you know, they need to all the time be able to play. But, you know, I think especially in a situation like this, where um, they're deprived of 
lot of things that are pretty normal in their lives, that play is one of the ways, or maybe the primary way that kids um, wrestle with the world mm-hmm. in a way. It's how they, they understand and help themselves understand what's, you know, what's happening. And, and it gives them a sense of confidence you know, in the world. But also, I guess the last thing that I did want to say is that children's creative play is a gift to them, but it's also a gift to us mm-hmm. because it's a window into their hearts and minds. Kids mm-hmm. play about what matters to them. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they play out their perception of the world, and that's incredibly helpful mm-hmm. to us in helping them cope. Yeah. Well, I, about what you said, I I just recently heard a foster mom tell a story about her foster son and she was watching him play and every, and his mom was in prison and every day the foster boy would play prison Mm -hmm. and the way he would play was he would be the guard and he would go and take care of all the prisoners and hug all the prisoners and bring all the prisoners everything they needed. And she said, I just watched him and I knew because that's what he played, that he needed to know that his mom was okay and they were taking good care of her in prison. And I thought, isn't that beautiful that she was able to watch him play and see what he needed through his play, so. Yes, that's wonderful that, that, that she would let him play and, and also that she understood why he needed to. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, extraordinary. Yeah, so I think you're just 100% right that play is just this window into their little minds and their needs and their hearts if we just pay attention. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to me today. It's been a pleasure. I've loved every minute of it. Oh, I did too. I thought, you know, anytime it was really, really fun to talk to you. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators. By educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?